0: Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Tony D'Urso. Tony works with millions of entrepreneurs to generate leads through social media and increase their exposure. In just four years, Tony launched Revenue Chat Radio and then the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso, which merged into the one giant show, The Tony D'Urso Show. This show gets up to hundreds of thousands of downloads per week, and his show is pushing tens of millions of downloads to date. He is the number one show on the entire Voice America network. Tony is also an Amazon best-selling author. His book, Elite Entrepreneurs, is about walking with lions, champions who have culled their truce and who embody the power of creating their kingdom and sharing their vision. Tony also teaches the vision map, and this is a testament to all his
1: success. So a very, very warm welcome, Tony. Robert, thank you so much for having me on the Legally Speaking Podcast. It is an honor to be here with you today, sir. Thank you so much.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. And before we deep dive into all your amazing achievements and all your experiences to date, we do have a customary icebreaker question on the Legally Speaking Podcast, which is on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, How real would you rate the reality hit series Suits in terms of its reality? And as a non-lawyer, feel free to take a stab in the
1: dark. Robert, I've never listened or heard or watched that show, so I'm going to give you an Italian answer. I think a 10 in terms of how important are attorneys, and I think that it's important that they wear suits. I think that's very, very, very key. I think that's probably the most real thing. If you see people wearing suits and ties, except in California. You don't have to wear a tie anymore these days. But I think that part of the show, I'm certain, I'll I'll bet on it, I'll wager on that, that that's a 10. There
0: we go. And I love that answer. And I love the way you frame that. So uh, we've never had anything quite like that. So I love the different view and outlook on it. But we have to talk all about you today, Tony, and everything you have achieved. But we always like to start at the beginning. So tell our listeners a bit about your
1: family background and, and upbringing. Well, thank you, Robert. I am Italian. I was born in Sicily. At the young age of three years old, we the whole family moved to Chicago, where other uh, relatives and uncles were. And I took a two-year vacation once I got to Chicago. And at the age of five years old, I started working as a paper route boy. And today it's probably called child slavery, but back then it was it was accepted. If you could hold those papers, if you could push the paper cart, you could deliver papers and and make a little meager wage but everything helped my dad was the only income earner and there were six boys we did whatever we could to help and you know so every week for 10 years i i delivered papers and and gave all whatever pittance there was gave it to the mom and dad to help so i learned the work ethic is what i think that taught me because i look at things a little bit different than today and i did that in chicago which is what the world calls it if you're inside the city it's chicago and not only is it windy, but if, you de- if you're if you delivering papers like I did along Lake Shore Drive, it is the windiest part of Chicago and the coldest. <laughs> so it was the worst. <laughs> and I had to get up at the ripe age of like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And I never want to do that again. I'm done. <laughs> I live in California now and I enjoyed it. And, you know, after that, I went into the corporate world. I've been in corporate for about 32 years. I've helped form companies. I was a VP of sales and marketing for a company I formed. I've done fundraising. I've done, I've done a lot of things. I've worked in a lot of fields. But the one thing that I worked most of the time was promotion, marketing, sales, and uh, branding and, and things of that nature, though they weren't as developed as they are today. Today, you say those words, it means a whole different thing than 20 years ago. But I learned yeah. those basics and I use those basics in my show in promoting my show and the basics are still the basics even though the world changes around us.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned one of six. So where are you in the uh, the order of six? I'm number 4 down. <laughs> <laughs> number 4 down. Wow. Okay. And is there quite a is there an age difference? Is there much of an age gap between sort of number 1 and number 6?
1: Number 1 passed away a couple years ago with liver cancer unfortunately. Sorry to hear that yeah he is was 7 years ahead of me and the youngest is the youngest youngest is around i don't want us not quite another 6 or 7 years below me there we go
0: there we go and
1: you talk um
0: very proudly about sort of your yourselves and marketing and i believe like you mentioned that that's where you started your career and i think that's a great platform for us to start the discussion so just tell us a little bit more in depth around the sort of start of your career in in sales and marketing and what you learned from those experiences early on
1: my last corporate gig was vp sales marketing of a company i formed an insurance technology firm and i did the fundraise back then this is before the internet the internet was just a word and you know it was it was it was nothing like it is today And it wasn't used. And I did a fundraise. I raised $3.25 million from friends and family to start this insurance technology company in the year 2000. And I did that for a good number of years. And I focused on sales and marketing and and really got into learning lead generation. And this is before social media, before Facebook, before any of this stuff. And I just started learning about it and how to use it and how to get people's attention so on and so forth. And in the year 2007, I had the opportunity to start my own company doing exactly what I was doing. But when you're when you working corporate, unless it's a public company and you have stock options or what have you, there can be a cap to your income. And I was kind of capped. I was making a comfortable six digits, but I was still capped and I, I wanted to be a little more unfurled, unfettered, and just really go out there. And so I had that opportunity to do that. So in 2007, I formed and became the the head of my own lead generation marketing company. And I did that for seven years, Robert. And the attorneys in this audience will will really resonate with this. In that seven years, I had a roller coaster. It was a serious roller coaster because in the United States, there were in that seven year period, four times a major rule, a protocol, a major regulation change that impacted the entire world of how we market, how we brand, how we communicate. And every time that would happen, it would take my business down to next to nothing. Give you an example, case in point. One Monday, I walk into the office and one of my clients, I'm making a million dollars a year in sales on that one client. I have multiple clients. Well, they canceled. Why? What happened? Well, another federal regulation came down and the attorneys got together and realized that the company could no longer receive and marketing services the way that they were receiving. They had to retool and rework out how they could accept information and so on and so forth. That took me out of business a little bit. And I got tired of that, Robert. I got tired of this four times Mm -hmm. in seven years, having, you know, really good income and then retooling. I mean, I did it once, twice, three times. Now it's four times. That's enough. So I went out to go look for what could I do, Robert, that I could control myself. What could I control, regardless of anything happening in the world? And I kept hearing this word called podcast, which was very embryonic at the time. And when I learned what it was, Robert, I was like, hey, I can do this. I'm Italian. I can talk. (laughs) So... I started a podcast. I I quickly learned and liked the Italian after a couple of weeks, maybe a month of learning what to do and the show and the name. And I just started one hour live shows, boom, just like that. And I got myself a mentor. I can't overstress at all how important it is to have a mentor if you want to go to the top of your field as rapidly as possible. Everyone listening to this audience, I am certain, has a very good IQ, is very intelligent and can figure it out eventually. But truthfully, you cannot do everything yourself. And it takes time. It just takes time. You get a mentor, yeah. you get someone to walk you through it. It just goes a, lo- a whole lot faster. So I just wanted to give that general plug how critical that is. I got a mentor who is a, just still today, is a very well-known radio personality. and His name is Michael Benner. And he, he gives me critiques from time to time. And it just takes my show up a whole new notch. So I learned and I, and I used what I knew in marketing, social media, in promotions. And I just started leveraging everything. Oh, Facebook, what's this? I'd start leveraging it and Twitter and Instagram. And working within the confines of that platform, however they work, learning about them and getting my message out. And I've learned how to get the message out through these methods. And even when they change, you know, you can change your algorithms and logarithms, Google and Twitter and Facebook, but the basics are still the basics, Robert. How to get a hold of someone, how to reach, how to get their attention. There are still some very key fundamental basics. I've read enough books. I've had plenty of experience and I use those to to get a lot of people. And my show was a hit. I believe I hit like 500,000 downloads and people listening in the first year. And today, fast forward, I've hit my five-year benchmark, and I'm pushing into 11 million downloads right now. Wow. Well,
0: congratulations on that. And just some takeaways that I think, you know, very relevant to our legal audience here as well is mentors matter. I think the importance of having mentors, you can't do it by yourself. It's a great way to sort of, you know, share and be upskilled, you know, and find solutions to problems that you're struggling with. So I, I love that you share that. Moving on, you are quoted saying, success awaits for those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. So good seeds, do good deeds. I love that. So on that note, tell us more then about your show
1: on Voice America Influencers channels and why you decided to set it up. Give us a bit more of a deep dive into it all sure that quote you just read is stated at the end of all of my shows and that is my my moniker that i stand by if i had a tombstone in the future a physical tombstone that would be on there or it would just be on the internet is my most favorite saying i really believe that whatever you do out there in the audience and i believe that i'm speaking with a group of professionals here who advise their clients on many things yes the key most facet to any success you've heard this over and over but you need to hear it again from a different way is is keeping at it and just continuing on no matter what if your vision and this work gets into the vision map i wrote a map of how to accomplish your vision whatever your vision is career relationship Business, I apply it, and I teach people on applying it to their business, but how to accomplish your vision that is the key most thing so once you map that out, it doesn't matter what happens it uh, you know it doesn't matter if there's a snowstorm you're out of power if the federal regulation comes down and says you can't do such and such anymore because you've got it, your vision, your purpose, your long term objective, your master plan, your strategy, your tactical. you have this all worked out, which we can talk about later. And I give that away totally free. I don't even ask for your email. I just give it away free on my, on my site. But to answer that question, I started off with a show called Revenue Chat Radio. And I didn't know anybody, Robert. I didn't know anybody in this field. Everything was done by phone back then. I never met an, an entrepreneur, a successful person, a movie star. Today, fast forward, I know millionaires. I know billionaires. I know movie stars. I know famous producers. Back then, I didn't know anybody. So I go, well, how can I, you know, I like this idea, um, is what I'm saying to myself, of interviewing successful people. Where do I find them? So I went on Twitter and I started and Facebook and found people posting wise things, wise sayings about what they're good at. And I would invite them. And as an example, I wound up getting a hold of the Canadian Version of Tony Robbins, Dov Baron, I got him on my show multiple times, and I would just invite these people that were being influencers and were were reaching out very strongly in social media. I started developing a very good cadre of good friends influencers and and so on and so forth, and that grew my career well, revenue chat radio took off and did very very well, and around after a year or two. Voice America Network, which is an internet radio network. It, it We call it a podcast today, but it's an internet radio network, just like a terrestrial radio show where you're sitting there with your radio announcers and, and DJs and so forth. You're sitting there in the studio and you're broadcasting that audio out to your people. Well, this is the same thing. It's an internet radio show. And they were setting up an influencer's channel. And so I made a deal with them and I hopped on and I started doing two shows. What am I thinking? i started doing two shows a week, which was quite a bit. And I called it the spotlight. And the spotlight, I started interviewing a higher level caliber of successful people as I'm moving up the ladder, the chain of getting to know influential people. And that did very well. And then I merged the shows because it was too much to do two shows at once. And then I started to get, I would say, about at least a million listeners' downloads a year. And then eventually, wow. I ch- thank you. And then eventually, I changed that to the Tony D'Urso show because my name is portable no matter what I do, where I go. I can take it anywhere. I always own my name. I don't have to trademark it, I don't have to copyright it. And I'm sure that there's some attorneys going, no, Tony, you've got whatever. But (laughs) there are a lot of Tony D'Urso's out there as well. But I figured that's a lot more portable and easy to take. And it just seemed like a good move. Sometimes I just do things because it just seems to be wise when you look at it in the future. So now it's called the Tony D'Urso Show. And as I mentioned earlier, I've I just went past five years now and I am Rapidly approaching 11 million downloads, and it's a big show. It is the number one show on the entire Voice America network. And as mentioned earlier, I've got movie star. You know, I've interviewed Wesley Snipes. Everyone knows that Jeff Hoffman. Talking about Blade. I didn't want to. You know, in the time we had, I kept it very professional and let him communicate. My shows are different right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing probably most of the talking. But when I interview, I let the guest, I just take everything from the guest that I can. So the yeah. conversation went, how he we defines success and uh, and and things of that nature. And it went very, very well. Jeff Hoffman of Priceline, Kevin Harrington, uh, Shark Tank, Original. It, it just goes on and on and on. So Frank Shankwitz, Make-A-Wish Foundation, there's just so many well-known people that I know now, and I would consider their friends, as opposed to back then, I didn't know anybody. And that's just by, once you have your vision in place, and you just keep going, you keep growing, and your influence goes, right now, you are one of the top podcasters, I believe, in the country or the world in your category. And that's because you did three things. You kept at it, you kept at it, you kept at it. And that's really the key, no matter what because you're when you're strong on what your vision and your purpose it doesn't matter what comes at you 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 eventually arrive successful isn't that right
0: you're talking my language tony it's mvp mission value purpose and consistency is the key i think if you understand that logic and um, you'll go very very far uh, but you know it doesn't stop at podcasting you know you're an amazon best selling author so tell us a bit about some of your your sort of other
1: work and how you got around to doing all of that i've written i'm i'm i've written or i'm in i think A half a dozen books now. My last book was Elite Entrepreneurs, which is who I refer my guests as—they're elite entrepreneurs—and that book is a verified Amazon bestseller. All the profits go to charity. The the Kevin Richardson Wildlife Sanctuary Foundation in South Africa gets the proceeds of that particular book, just to help the uh, the animals and the wildlife, and do what we can. We all want to make a little bit of a difference. That was my last book, and, I, and I've written and stuck with nonfiction, and I have a new book out, which is fiction. I have a co-author who came to me knowing that I'm a writer, and we put together a fiction series. We've just released volume one. It's called Iman of Atlantis. Bitten is the first volume, Bitten, B-I-T-T-E-N. You can find that on Amazon or on my domain, tonydurso.com. Just go to books. It is fiction, which is a little different. And I'm just branching out my influence. And like an actor who doesn't want to be pegged in a certain category, they'll do comedy. They'll be the, the good guy, the bad guy. They'll do all sorts of types of movies so that they're not pegged as one thing. Well, the same with me. I'm now branching out into being known for more and other things, which is which cross markets and brings more people to my show as a collateral perk of what that does. And so it's called Iman of Atlantis. And it is a story. If I can if I can tell you just a blurb about it, it's a story of what happens in the sure. the land of Iman, which which is a little there's a little fiction and a little truth there. And the Imen are were. Before the story starts, they this is probably I'm not sure how many hundreds of years after the Lord of the Rings Tolkien story. So we never intended this to be anything with the Lord of the Rings or anything Tolkienish. It was just we picked it as a time period of to write the story, is how it evolved. Well, the Tolucan Times, which is the entertainment newspaper of Burbank, the entertainment capital of the world, they wrote that it is a unique world in the tradition of Tolkien. So it's the first time Tolkien came up that was associated or connected with this book. This book starts Ah. that I'm in our fierce group of warriors picture, the most fierce samurai Mm -hmm. imaginable, and they conquered and killed and took over everything in their, in the four land masses of Atlantis. And now they're starting to do infighting and they're going to kill each other off and, God sees this, knows this is happening, and sends down an ultimatum to them through a messenger and says, you either put down your, lay down your weapons and quit your fighting, or you're going to kill each other off. And if you lay down your weapons, I'll give you these, these unique abilities of healing and other abilities. Well, those that listened to the messenger laid down their weapons. Those that didn't Perish just as predicted. Now, the book has nothing to do with religion. It is not religious. This is just the start of the story. The Aymen become mythical, magical. They become a folklore, a myth, a legend, just whispering rumors because nobody really sees them anymore. They've just disappeared. But when time comes to heal or to do something important, they come, they surface. And the story starts where the Aymen have to take care of the crown prince of the land called Karen. There's multiple lands here. And the Karenites are your blonde, your Caucasians, blonde hair, light-colored eyes, blue, green, and so forth. And they have to take care, and, and they wound up inadvertently taking care of the crown prince and save his life. Well, therein starts the story. Because once the understanding of that their Aymen are really there and there grows this lust for power, for greed for gold. Gold is a theme throughout all of the books. There's about seven, eight books written. We just released the first one. Every couple months we'll release another one as we polish them off. And it just, it just sets the stage for all sorts of stuff. And, and people are loving it. So I'm really happy and I hope I hope that some people will enjoy it. And it's a good read and it's a good break. You need to break. You you know. I've done the 80, 100 hours a week. I've done that. I've been there night and day working, working. You need a mental break sometimes, and I'm hoping that people will pick up this book, check it out, and just have a little break, a little fun, a little enjoyment. That's The purpose is to entertain, and, and there are some truths in there, and I can tell you about them, but I can tell you this. No superhero, no villain, no one that you can think of is a match for an 9 They're just absolutely the abilities they have. Are extraordinary, beyond extraordinary.
0: Super interesting. Thanks for thanks for sharing that, Tony. I have to admit, I was just loving listening to that and just learning. So really, super fascinating. And it's interesting you talk about taking breaks because lawyers work a lot of long hours, particularly on transactions or large-scale, multi-complex, jurisdictional disputes. And that brings me on to my next question around sort of the the lawyers' aspects. A lot of lawyers and future lawyers are told they need to possess a lot more entrepreneurial flair. Um, So given you help millions of entrepreneurs learn the success from others or from others, what advice would you give to lawyers who are looking to build out their practice, trying to scale their businesses
1: ultimately? What sort of tips, advice would would you give to them? There's a lot I can give them on a one-on-one. If I just painted a broad picture, just a, a broad sweep here, I'd say really important to podcast. now. You're going to podcast, not 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 trying to make money on the podcast per se, but to expand your realm, expand your influence. There are attorneys and barristers and so forth in this audience. If you deal with legal, if you if you deal with legal with any company or your own company, does not matter. What matters is it's a great way to expand your and your company's influence by. Giving out good sage advice by having good information, you make yourself more visible, you make yourself more real. And if I as a, a a prospect am looking for an attorney, a barrister, a legal, a legal advice in some field, I would rather go with to you because I've already become to, to know, like, and respect and trust you because you are podcasting. Now that said, Throughout the world, we have a propensity, or is it a preponderance? I'm being Italian of podcasters Mm -hmm. that fail and stop podcasting because they're trying to monetize that podcast. They're trying to make a living at it. And there's a lot of nuts and bolts. Once you get it, it's easy to do. I say that because I've been there and I and I teach people. But you, as the legal professional, you're not trying to make a living at it. You just want to expand your influence. And when a prospect comes and asks a question. Not only can you ask that question in your free consultation, you could say, by the way, I give more information and I have a guest and we talk about this or a field that may affect what you're saying. And here is the link to the podcast. Look for this show. And they become more connected with you. I reached out to someone that I only saw and I was watching their their podcast videos. And I've been watching this person's podcast videos for, I want to say, years. And when I actually spoke to that person, I reached out to that person and spoke to them live. It was like, it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience for me. Here I am speaking live with this person that I've been watching for years because you get so connected with people. So please, dear attorney, dear barrister, dear legal person, get a podcast going if you don't know how. You want to know how to do it right. You want to set You want to set yourself apart. You want to brand yourself. You, I can show you that. That's what I do. I can show you how to do that. And there's many good trainers out there. I have a very inexpensive, if you want to use that word, it's next to nothing, subscription service coming where I can, I'm going to be teaching people anything and everything about marketing, promotion, podcasting. And that's going to come out in the next week or so. We're just finalizing so I don't want to release it just yet. This is a pre-release, but by the time some people hear it, you hearing it now, it's already released. You'll see it on my website, TonyDURSO.com, and give you an understanding, I charge $3,000 a month for a one-on-one to teach you podcasting. I have people pay me. One of my students has made 2 million downloads. You know, Another one has hit 2.5 million, another one is his company has been in the Inc. i want to say Inc. 500 or Inc. 5000 forgive me i don't recall anymore i just have success stories so there's there's a way to do it and i i know a lot of this stuff and there are other good trainers out there but you as an attorney as a legal person you understand that the time is important i charge three thousand dollars a month to teach you one-on-one well this subscription service is probably going to be the cup of a latte or a really good cup of coffee, and <laughs> it's because I'm going to. Because the plan is to have a lot of people instead of just, uh, you know, a handful or a dozen. At the three thousand a month, I'm now going to have a large amount of people, and so I can give more information, help more people, and make it easier more conducive to you to to join and 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 help. And hopefully that will that'll work. Otherwise, we'll we'll do one on one or or group training but but it's important that you do that to expand your influence and expand your business if that's what you love if you love helping people that's what you should do now if you are an attorney or a legal person and you just love gardening this is like you'll get up in the morning you'll get up you'll get up before the sun goes out just to do work you'll get up for free that's what you should podcast about because when you when you podcast whether it's voice or video or both that Passion comes through, and that's what hooks people. They like you, they know you, they trust you. So, think, have a think about that. And you can always reach me. I am approachable at uh, TonyDURSO.com. And, you know, I'm happy to help. I'm in that point of life where I've built my empire and it keeps growing. You know, everything is going very, very well. So, my next phase is I just want to help people, and that's, and that's where I'm at.
0: I love that. And that leads nicely onto my next question. But I just want to kind of summarize a couple of points there, because I couldn't agree more about the importance of lawyers, attorneys utilizing these resources out there to their benefit. And, you know, as a great expression, visibility begets visibility. In the modern world, I think if you can really increase your visibility and add value, then you will build trust, like you said, Tony, but it doesn't come overnight. You've got to be consistent. You've got to understand who you're trying to target and what you're trying to do. But I just love that. And on the topic of giving back, um, you know, a lot of lawyers do pro bono work, which is great, but you give back a lot too. Every year, I believe you give various toys for tops campaigns and get a bunch of toys to children in need in hospitals during the holidays.
1: Tell us a bit more about the work that you do to, to give back. Well, thank you very much for that. It's changed now. And frankly, we got to re- redo what we do. What we do, but. For years, we've always given to toys, to all the various military and marine drives, and and you know, no one knows, no one knows I was involved. My name is not in there. We just would give lots of toys in the the army or the, the the service, the the military would would deliver them to hospitals, or we would deliver them to hospitals. It just it just became a tradition because there's so many kids in needs, and and it just something about the young child just touches our heart we want to help them there's there's children they're orphaned or they're they're in a the hospital and it's the holidays and that that stinks so we just want to brighten up their life and and get and get toys out to them well we've been doing that for year after year and then in my area as well as I'm sure perhaps in your area we started seeing a growing rise of homeless in the area which is heartbreaking and yeah and one year I said, you know, my my wife and I, we started talking. We said, let's let's help these people. They're living on the streets. This nobody t- deserves to live on the streets. Just nobody's, it's not right. So we put together a drive, and I don't I didn't call them homeless or transients. I created it, was, I called it breakfast with my neighbors. I gave Love it a that. whole new flair. And so I promoted that. And and said hey i'm going to do this drive and we're going to feed the homeless and give them a hot meal give them a hot meal and give them and so it went viral a little a little viral you know and the day of the breakfast with my neighbors hundreds of people showed up <laughs> we were overloaded with with tents with sleeping bags shoes slippers toothpaste toothbrushes sanitary items Clothes, shirts, pants, food, 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 It, water. It was just, it was enormous. We had the newspaper out here and they followed us around for two hours. And I made front page in the newspaper in the Orange County Register, and it was just a blast. And so that became the thing to just help, help the homeless as we can. So today things have changed. The homeless are kind of not in the area anymore. The city has put them up in places and facilities. And though every once in a while you see one, it's not like it used to be. So it, in a way, it kind of got solved in my exact neighborhood. So you know, and so now it's a matter of well, what else can we do to make a difference? You kind of have to do that, no matter where you are. How can you make a difference? We can't. You cannot leave it to the government, to the powers that be. Yeah. Because they have different agendas, they're not here looking at a person sitting on a bus bench waiting for a bus, but they're not waiting for a bus, but they're sitting down and which I see every so often, and you know they don't have a home so when you when you see that one on one you you're more there's more of this empathy you want to do something, you feel that feeling when you're managing or dealing with millions and millions of people, you can be kind of removed a little bit and not and and not have that heart in there. But when you see them yourself, it's it it changes things. So we have to do something with when we, and I'm talking to everybody in this audience, when you yourself see something that you don't think is right, you should see about doing something about it because that will make you feel better and that will make you rise as a being. And God appreciates that, by the way. So find something that you can do, whatever that is, you know, be it homeless or, or or whatever. I think that's very important because we all want to grow as a being and whatever you can do makes a difference.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more, Tony. I love the fact that you've been doing that and continue to do that. And I think that's just a testament to all of your, your values um, and who you are as a person. So, yeah, that's really thank you so much for sharing that. And I believe we also share a mutual love for our dogs. So people who follow me on my social media now, I've got a, a miniature Dash and I'm called Otto, who's my super pal. I think, as you call your pooch a super pal. So for people who don't know, I hope I'm correct in this, but I believe you do have a dog and there's quite a few stories related to that, uh, him as
1: well and the, your relationship. So tell us a bit more. I have a Nikita. He's a Japanese hunting dog. He was up to 150 pounds. Just If you don't know what a Nikita is, or if you're not familiar, look it up. They're bear hunters. Two of these guys can hold back a bear. They can take down those giant, what are they, Nine, six, seven, seven, eight, 900-pound stags. They can take them down. These are ferocious. And my dog doesn't know that. He doesn't know he has that ability, though. <laughs> His name is Ronan. He's pure white. And... He is the model for the White Wolf of Belshara that we have in the book. I'man of Atlantis. He is the model. He's the role model. He's, ah. So he, so he's there. Which I'm not going to tell you more about that story, but you're going to love it. And Ronan is about uh, just well, he just turned 12, and he's doing very well. He's he's torn his um he's torn his ACL. His ACLs. It's like um uh, uh, tearing, tearing the kneecap apart. So he's, he's, he's been under, uh, he's been recovered. He's recovered from that, but we still, still have to, you know, be careful with him because it's been a, a sensitive area. He doesn't walk as much as he used to, but he's a, uh, he's a great, he's a great dog. He's in good spirits. And I used to speak about him at the end of my revenue chat shows. I did a whole thing on him and Jeeps and going outdoor and if you go through my social media somewhere, I used to have a zillion pictures of Ronan going out. I think on my Facebook is a picture of him out in the snow at Mammoth and he just looks like a white wolf out there in the snow. <laughs> I think that picture is still up there. I haven't been on Facebook in a while. And he's just a great companion. He's usually with me while I record, but uh there's but he's not there's chicken being made in the oven, so he's there watching it. He's, he's <laughs> Now, I've had shepherds. I've had German shepherds. I've had great dogs. I've never had an animal so smart and so intelligent. The Akita is one step removed from a wolf. And I tell you clearly, they can reason. They can calculate. They're extremely intelligent. We're amazed at how smart this guy is. And I've had a lot of different dogs. I've never seen one this smart.
0: There you go and I love that. And yeah, thanks for sharing a bit of that story because I think there is important, you know, you need supporters. You've obviously got your family and they get behind you in business and your career, but you know, dogs are also part of the family, so I think it's nice that you you talk about that and share that. And um, and before we sort of wrap up, Tony, one thing I'm really keen to ask. What's the best piece of advice you've been given throughout your career that you wish you knew earlier on? So what would you say to people starting out their careers or early on to their careers? that you wish you knew sooner?
1: Well, I wish I knew to buy Apple stocks, Microsoft.
0: <laughs> I, 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 wish I,
1: recently. <laughs> I wish I would have smacked myself twice in the back of the head to buy Bitcoin when it was five cents. Okay. Um, <laughs> the best piece of advice is going to be, is going to sound silly and you're going to expect that because I'm Italian, but, but it's really, really a great piece of advice. And I think this comes out when I was five years old. I watched the movie and I think it was, um, I will remember, I will remember the name of the, the actor. Uh, I, I have his picture, but it was a Roman type era. I was like five years old, maybe six. And in this movie, they kept talking about all roads lead to Rome, all roads lead to Rome, you know, and, you know, I have to think more on the on the movie. And that just kind of stuck with me of you can always find the central hub for something. And here's how I applied that. When I came out with the book, I didn't create easy sales procedures.com. I didn't create eliteentrepreneurs.com. I put everything at Tony dot com. I come up with the class, it goes, it goes there. And I would just I started having everything go to one place and cross market. I've seen many authors and podcasters with multiple websites. I once had a guest on my show and he had four different websites that he wanted. And it was just so weird that we're promoting all these different websites instead of just one. So for me, it's TonyDURSO.com. Everything and anything about me that you know can be known, should be known, I want to be known. Is going to be there. It just makes it so much easier. I have a new book. It's there. I have a new class. It's there. I have my subscription program. I talked about. It's there. I do social media marketing, where I can get thousands of visitors literally to your podcast or your or your webpage every week for real. It's right there at TonyD'Urso.com. So I've learned that if there's if if you have a central hub, and for me that's why also I changed the name of my show over the years to the Tony D'Urso Show. To just rebrand and centralize and focus, because what products or services I produce are now part of my brand, and it's just one. I'm not known as different people. I'm known as one, one being, one person. So it all. I hope I'm clear in in, in communicating. It all goes together. So I highly advise when you have something new, rebrand it. Brand it as that whatever that site is and for me and what i think is best is brand it with yourself with your name you know i know authors they've got an author url and they've got their podcast url or something like that so it's something to think about because you're you're bifurcating you're you're diluting all the audience that you can get and I've been hacked many times, unfortunately, with everything destroyed, taken, eaten, moved, and and you know, it 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 just it just happens. But you can rebuild and and all those audience, all those people going to your website will see your other products and it you can rebuild faster as well.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. It was one of the things somebody said to me a little while ago, the best thing you can do is buy your domain and build your brand and i think in the virtual world and content-fueled society we're in and um, whatever profession that's so 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 important so i think that's a really valuable neat nice tip um to end the show tony so if people want to follow you get in touch i no doubt they've been inspired following listening to you today um what's the best way for them to do that feel free to sort of remind people of your website or any links to relevant social media
1: and of course we'll share them with the show for you well, thank you so much for that, Robert. This has been a pleasure, a joy, and an honor. My domain URL is tonydurso.com. You can get the Vision Map book, which I haven't really said too much about. It's totally free. Click and you got it. I don't even, I don't even ask for your email, though there's an email pop-up if you want to join my newsletter, which I highly advise. You can read more about my books. You can get my Iman of Atlantis book. It's right there on my books link. You can listen to all my podcasts. Where we've got all my podcasts in one place for five years of podcasting. All the different shows are all there right now on my podcast link. And I think there's only like, yeah. So all my shows are there, and uh, my new subscription service where I can help you podcast. I can t- I can teach you about promotion or marketing or whatever I know. Now realize this. I am being mentored every week thoroughly mentored by a very successful person in their field. There's been a lot of information that's come into my brain. I've gone to school. I have I graduated summa cum laude. Look that up. It's a straight, pure pure A in everything, in, in the legal, the finance, the accounting, the marketing, the ethics, everything throughout my entire collegiate and university career, uh, also known as a 4.0 uh, grade point average. And it's a it, it, there's a magnum cum laude and there's a summa cum laude, which is like you don't get any better grades than that, really. So I've learned a lot of stuff. So I take what I've learned, I've take what I've been taught, I've take what mentors have have taught me, and I ha- can give a lot of information to grow your podcast, grow your career, grow your business, to help you with startup. And I'm happy to do that. I am totally happy to. This is this is my fun zone for me. So you can find just about no, you can find everything at my, aside from, you know, pictures of myself with my dog, which you'll find on social media. (laughs) uh, Join me at Twitter, Tony with the S D U R S O. And I believe it's the same way for Instagram, Tony with an S Tony S D U R S O. And uh, I'm happy to communicate with you. I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, there's an easy way to communicate and reach out to me on my, on my domain as well.
0: There we go. Well, thank you so much, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, I'm wishing you lots of continued success, if that's possible, given everything you've achieved today, date with all your future initiatives and all of your charitable donations and initiatives as well. I think that's equally as important and valuable. So thank you. But from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out. This week's review comes from Steffi.57. Steffi says perfect podcast for law students and beyond to get engaged with the legal world. Really helps you kickstart thinking about law in practice and bridge the gap from academics to the real world. 10 out of 10. Thanks so much for a fantastic review, Steffi. It really means a lot to all of us who produce the show and motivates us to keep bringing you the very best quality podcast. Make sure to leave the podcast a review on Apple Podcasts if you want a chance to be given a shout out next week.